The American South, the region that brought us the infectious rhythms of New Orleans bounce music, sweet tea, candy-painted cars, and perhaps less known, but just as important, Samia Iman. Raised in the 80s and 90s on a fashion diet of neon colors, puffy sleeves, and pop polo shirt collars, Samia developed a love for all things stylish and fashionable. Clothing, however, was not the only thing that Sam showed a flair for. From an early age, her passion and talent for writing were noticeable, and she was writing documentary scripts professionally by her sophomore year in college. After undergrad, Samia experimented with a career in film, but fashion continued to tug at her heartstrings. The truth is, Samia could have been a professional model. One look at her images, and most may say she should have been a professional model. Samia, however, had other plans. She decided to work her way up in the fashion industry, writing and developing digital content. Her work has appeared on many platforms, including Essence.com. She has covered events for New York Fashion Week. She became a triple threat when she became a photographer. Samia Iman is awesome. Today, she's the ultimate package. Content creator, writer, blogger, social media expert, and photographer. Her journey is as complex as she is. Here is the story, thus far, of Samia Iman. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. She is a blogger, content creator, writer, and fashion influencer. Samia Iman, welcome to Planet 30. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, Sam, you, you've said that um, you're not a morning person. Why is that? Oh, man. So, ever since I've been in this world, ever since I've been in this world, it's been hard for me to get my ass up in the morning. I cannot wake up at the sound of an alarm for nothing. I have to like set my clocks at least 30 minutes fast to trick myself because I cannot just pop up and start getting ready for the day. I have to lay down for at least 10 more minutes, then five more minutes, then 20 more minutes, and then start moving around. I was like, one day I just dreamed of being the person that wakes up and goes and works out in the morning, you know, gets, gets that out the way and then completes their day. I cannot do that. I just can't do it. I'm not a morning person. So are you one of those night owl creatives? Guess what? I'm not that either. I have like a bedtime and my body starts getting very, 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 very like sleepy around 1030. Um, I can't stay up past 1030 anymore. It just, it's not me. So I'm like one of those in between the days, like creatives. I'm like in the afternoon, maybe around mid morning. I don't know. Lunchtime. My shit just comes when it comes, but I am not like a night out. I'm not a morning person. That's so interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. I'm not either one. So you grew up in Monroe, Louisiana. Yes, the Rose City, the South of the United States. How did growing up? How how did uh, growing up in the South influence your sense of fashion? You know what? Actually, 
growing up in the South, let's say, um, it really wasn't where I grew up that influenced my sense of fashion. It was who I grew up around, actually. So I come from a family of, it's a small family, but I have, let's see, three aunts and my mother and my father, who at once upon a time really loved fashion too, but now he's retired and he just doesn't care. He'll wear the same jeans and boots and t-shirt every day. But I grew up around my mother. It's always been around them and they loved to dress. The first time I ever saw someone pop a collar on a blue jean jacket or a white collar shirt, my mother and my aunt. And so they used to wear their collars like turned up. They were like super cool. They still are cool. They just really love fashion. They love jewelry. They love gold jewelry. And they, they love boots and they love leather pants. And I saw this all the time being around them. So that kind of really sparked, you know, a fire in me with that, fashion. And that so sounds it like really the 80s. wasn't where I was. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, if I show you some of the pictures, you'll be like, yo, they were really like into fashion. And that really just sparked you know, the fire in me, and I would always play dress up in my mother's slips and her shoes and her belt and everything, so it started because of who I was around, not necessarily where I was, but who I was around, because the South really, um, with fashion, the South has come a long way, you know, um, people don't really look at us as fashionable in the South, but you know, we have some creative people here when it comes to fashion, but my upbringing is really what influenced my fashion, um, my love for fashion. So what was your mo- motif as a child? Were you were you the tomboy or were you the uh, the, 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 the prissy church girl? Oh, uh, you know what? See, that's the thing. So I am an Aquarius at heart, Christopher. And the thing about us Aquarius is like we're like a walking contradiction. You really can't pin us down. So, you know, when you ask me stuff like, are you a morning person? or after? Like, I can't really say because I'm like, I'm in between. You know what I'm saying? So as a child I was a tomboy once but I also had my prissy moments you know um my tomboy moments were you know following behind my big brother and then wanting to wear the clothes that he had the baggy clothes I went through that stage and then I also went through the stage where I wanted to wear the prissy dresses and everything when I was smaller so I had both of those stages um and now my basically my style is a mixture of the two you know sometimes I want to put on my Nikes or my Adidas and um, throwing some jeans and a t-shirt, and I'm super comfortable. But sometimes I want to bring out those heels and that fitted dress, or, you know, or those fitted jeans. So I go back and forth. I really can't be pinned down. The only thing you can kind of pin down about my style is that it's going to be classic. Like, I feel like what I'm wearing today, I can come back or wear it, like, 10 years from now. You see what I'm saying? I like to wear classic stuff, classic stuff, stuff that will last, like good leather, good material. I'm really into vintage, too. So what someone was wearing in the 1980s, I still think is dope to this day, and I'll rock it right now. Awesome, awesome. Because I, I know, like me, you're a you're 80s and 90s junkie. Yes, yes, oh. yes. <laughs> Who, well, let me ask you this. Who um, did you admire fashion-wise in the entertainment world back, um, back when you were coming up, like either TV or, or in music? Yo, let me tell you. So... When I was coming up, Denise Huxtable. Denise Huxtable. Absolutely. Yes! I mean, her real name is Lisa Bonet, but we know her as Denise Huxtable. Indeed. I absolutely loved her style. I loved it. I loved it. I loved that she was free. I loved that it was like, you know, kind of tomboyish and very, very chic. You know what I'm saying? She would just throw on something and it would be dope. 
I would love that. I love that. And I also love Jasmine. What's her last name? Jasmine Guy. On Different World. Boom. I love her style. See, so I'm, I'm like, I'm on both ends of the spectrum. I love Whitley's style on Different World. Like, that was so dope to me. She just had the nice coat and the nice, you know, suits and everything. Like, I love her style as well. Um, let me see. Who else did I admire? Anyone, anybody? Besides my mother and my aunt. Anybody in music? Janet Jackson or Whitney Houston? Or? Um, I did, I did, of course, of course. I love Whitney. I love Whitney Houston. I love Janet for sure. Like, the, let me tell you this outfit that Janet wore. What it, was it? Control? She had the, like the black jeans on, the black high waist jeans, and the boots, and the like the knee pad type. Thing. What, what video? Oh, uh, Rhythm that? Nation. You remember that? Boom! That was the outfit right there. I still remember that. <laughs> that was the outfit. Like I love simple stuff like that, but it was just iconic to me. That was so, the yeah, one with the uh, the black with the metal metal plates on the hat. Yes, yes. I love, love, love that. I love that. So, other than the eighties and the nineties, what's your favorite? era or, or time period of fashion uh you know wh- i guess since since you're such a 90s junkie what, what would be second you know is it the 60s it was is it the 2000s 70s. the 70s no the 70s yeah the 70s like come on man you just can't you like bell bottoms will never go anywhere at least out of not out of my closet they will never ever die like that, those like that's the best jeans some fitted jeans at the top and flaring out at the bottom. Come on. You can't. That's it. And the nice hats and the long leather coat. Oh, I still ha- I have one of those for my aunt. Like, you cannot, you cannot deny 70 style. You can, they were so cool. They were so cool. And you, you know it. No, that's true. That's true. They were cool. They were cool as hell. And it's like their style, like, it, it still... It transcended all the way to now. Like, you can still wear a cool 70s outfit and nobody will be like, yo, that's outdated. Nope. You know, and, and it really uh, became apparent in, in the black exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You it know, really did. Shaft and... Um, they were some stylish people. Yeah. yeah. Stylish people. Super stylish. Indeed. Indeed. Now... I also like the... Um, the uh, my, I didn't want to interrupt you, but no, I also like the outfits, the Black Panthers um, look. Ah. They were super duper stylish. Like, yo, they were activists, but if you just really look back at old pictures and documentaries, they were super stylish. So, and the fashion, the, the fashion, all so, black? The, so the fashion definitely made a statement. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so, it did. take us through your, your high school and your college years in terms of when did you decide that 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 you had the the fat? Not that you just liked clothes, but you had the bug to do something in the industry. Hmm, that's a good question. Because okay, so here's my issue with um, some of the school systems in Louisiana. So growing up, we didn't really explore careers like in depth they didn't really tell us that we could be other things outside of the typical lawyer doctor teacher you know things like that they didn't give us other options for careers so when I was just like I really loved English in school and no one could no one told me that you know you can make a living as a writer you know no one ever really said that to me um outside of my mother or someone but other than that no one really stressed that so 
I went to college. I knew I liked to write. I knew there was a, a such thing as communications, but I didn't even know they had fashion programs at college. They didn't have it at my undergrad in grammar. They didn't have fashion a fashion program there, but I didn't even know that was something they offered because I probably would have minored in fashion. I probably majored in fashion, but I, like I said, I still like the writing too, so I would have kept communications. But um, I I didn't think about a career in fashion probably until after Howard, actually, because I just knew that I liked to write, and I knew I liked to put different looks together, but I never married the two until after Howard, and so I just thought that I was going to just go to a job and just be fly, you know, go to a job that I write at and just be fly, until I actually, um, I forgot how, I first started writing for Everything Girls Love, it was a website ran by Yandy Smith, mm-hmm. um, I'm Love and hip Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I forgot how I actually, I think I saw an advertisement online one time just searching, you know, for writing jobs. And I saw the advertisement and that's just how my writing career in fashion started. So, but other than that, I never thought about, yo, I can write, I like to write and I can write in fashion. I just never, I never thought about it like that. Even though I read Essence and Jet and Ebony growing up, I just never thought about it like that. So Sam, tell tell us about your uh, your love for film, and and mm. when did you decide against that career? Well, first of all, when did you decide to explore that career, um, and mm-hmm. when did you decide against it? Because obviously, we met in in, in film school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the thing is, um, so when I graduated from undergrad. Actually, before I graduated from undergrad, I had already started working at a production company in Monroe. So a lot of people don't know that I was already writing scripts for documentaries and um, filming documentaries and commercials and writing scripts for commercials when I was like a sophomore in um, undergrad. So as soon as I graduated, they hired me full time. And so I always like had an interest of writing. Like I I was interested in writing and um, I loved how you can just kind of put together a story with film and writing. And so I did that for about a year and a half. We actually had a conference in D.C. that we had to go film some stuff at. And as soon as I got to D.C., I was I called my mother. I was like, yo, I got to live here. It was just popping. At the time, it was Chocolate City, you know, no gentrification going on. So it was popping. I was like, this is, my, this is my, you know, this is my shit. And so I go back and I'm, talking to my friend about it, and we were like, yo, we were working at a production company together, we were like, yo, film school, let's, let's do it, because I've always had a dream, like I said, I'm all over the place with creativity, but I love to write, but I also had a dream of directing music videos. I wanted to do nothing but neo-soul videos, like I wanted to do the kind of music soul child, Glenn Lewis type of neo-soul videos, and so I was going to film school to do that, not particularly make film, but to do music videos and um I actually started off in film then I thought to myself as soon as I graduate will I be able to get a job that's going to bring in the money to pay these student loans mm-hmm. and I was like nope so I had to switch over to a more like broader like um major but I've always still been interested. I love documentaries. You know, I love, like I said, write scripts for them. When I was in a script writing class in Howard, the teacher was like, yo, you should do this. And I was like, yeah, but I got to get something that's going to pay these bills, too. So it was like that. But I'm, 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 I would never lose my love for film. 
Never. What are some of your favorite documentaries? Ooh, I love the um, Nina Simone documentary. Ah. I believe it's called Nina. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? It's like um, I've watched so many documentaries in my lifetime that I just can't pin down all of them. But I do uh, Maya Angelou. I believe I watched the documentary with her. I love that. Um, Black Panther documentary. Definitely love that. Let me see. What else? No, you... Recently, I like the Jordan documentary, if you want to call it a, doc- a docu-series. Ah, the uh, Last Dance. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Wonderful, was good. wonderful piece of work. Wonderful piece of work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, going back to yep. when did... Uh... When did you know you had the knack for putting things together on the human body? Like, you know, there's some sort of like a moment with some people when they say, ah, it was mm-hmm. when I put this outfit on, I knew that I was good at. Or, mm-hmm. or was it mm-hmm. over time when <laughs> with your friends telling you, hey, Sam, you could dress? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. That's a real good question because in high school, I really, I, still, I know I love to dress, but I really didn't know. And then my good friend um, that I was always with, um, we would always go to the mall and shop for different looks, and we would go out to the club, and people would be like, yo, Sam and April are always dope, this, this, and that. But it was still like people in my hometown, something like, oh, you know, I'm not really just taking it serious. And so at Grambling, when I went to um, undergrad, I would, you know, have on some cool looks. Some people would compliment it, really didn't take it serious. So then I get to Howard, right? And so... I'm going to this house party somebody was having, and somebody that went to Gremlin was already at the house party, and the girl that was hosting the house party said, you know, we're going to get started in a few weeks, waiting on my girl to come. And the guy was like, who's your girl? And he was like, oh, um, Samia. And I have a very unique name. And so the guy was like, Samia? Um, Samia, did she go to Gremlin? And she was like, yeah, how do you know? He was like, I went to Gremlin. And he was like, yo, she could dress. She used to come to class everyday dressing and I, when I got there they told me that I was like yo maybe I can really dress and so one time I was in the hallway at Howard I had walked out of class to get something and I walked past this guy and he was like in this compliment I would never ever I would go to my grave hugging onto this compliment he was like yo you about fly as Beyonce I was like I made it I really I made it I made it and he, I was like I can, I can do this shit you know I can do this shit and so Every, ever since then, people were like, yo, they like, I like your style. This, this, that. They were saying it in D.C., so I'm getting to a big city, and they're saying it. I'm like, okay, I might have a little something-something. And so that's when I started to really just concentrate on my look and just kind of, you know, basically play with it and see what works for me. And then around the time when I was in D.C., Khalees came out with her, um, I don't know what album it was. It was the, the one with the bossy song on there. Mm. She came out, and I really admired her. I, I admired her style. I admired her freedom, you know, and everything. And I went to a store in D.C. to get the album, and I saw that she had yellow nails on the album. Her nails are painted yellow. And I was like, this is my girl. And so ever since then, like, I was just, like, inspired, you know. So I just started working on my look, and it just went from there. And I was like, I got it. That is so dope. Thank you. So you, you, you noticed that you could dress... You know, you're getting compliments left, right, and center. And you graduate from Howard, and you're writing. You're writing, and then you decide to take it a step further, and you really mm-hmm. take it seriously as a career. What were some of your first jobs yeah. in fashion? Or I should ask 
did you consider becoming a stylist or a designer or was it always, you know, I did. Oh, did you? Okay. Tell me, tell me about that. I did. Like I have a, I have a funny journey, you know, but it's, it's, um, it is molded me into who I am today. But, um, yeah, I consider everything you just named. Um, so I left DC, um, I was going to go to Atlanta, had a job interview set up for um, B103 in Atlanta through an internship internship that I had in D.C. That didn't work out. So, actually, when I had the job interview set up, I had a, a boyfriend at the time in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I just graduated from Howard, and I wasn't thinking anything about going back to be with him. I was like, okay, on to the next thing. I'm going to Atlanta. And so, when I told him, I said, you don't got a job interview in Atlanta? And he was like, yeah, what about us? I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. So um, I said, well, if I don't get the job, I was like, if I don't get the job, I'll, you know, come and see how we will work out. So I didn't get the job, and I ended up moving to Baton Rouge. So I was kind of in a space where I was trying to find myself. And then um, I actually found this magazine called The Rouge Collection in Baton Rouge. They were hiring writers. And so that's when I started writing for fashion with them. And then um, I, I got another job, and I was still writing part-time. And um, that didn't work out for long. So then that's when I found the Everything Girls Love website. And I started writing for fashion for them as well. So people were liking what I was putting down. They thought I had fashion sense, and so that was giving me more confidence. And then one of the girls that I was writing with there, we're still friends to this day. That's how we became good friends. She moved on to write for Fashion Bomb Daily. And so as soon as she got on, she pulled me up and got me on. And so I got on there and I started writing about, about fashion for Fashion Bond and they were loving it. You know, it was like, it was gold. And um, I was like, this is what I really love to do, you know? And then I was doing that for a minute and I was like, yo, I can actually just do this for myself, you know, because I've had a few pictures featured in Fashion Bomb and Essence. I was like, yo, I can really just do this for myself. So that's when I started my own blog. So that's how all that came about. But before I even, I forgot about this part, before I even got to, let's see, right before I got to Fashion Bomb, my good friend and I decided to open up an online store. We would design some of the clothes and we would like get the other clothes wholesale. So we did that. And um, what was, we the, what was the name of the store? It was called Chocolate Cream. And let me tell you where the name came from. So when we were younger, we had this rap group called Flavor. And I was chocolate and she was the cream. And the other girl was peaches. It was like, it was so like corny. And so we just took half of her name and my name and we just made it Chocolate Cream. And so we were selling some t-shirts. We were selling like skirts that we had. This person who was sewing for us design and all kinds of stuff. And it was cool, but... You can tell that our heart wasn't, wasn't really into selling. Like, I love putting the outfits together, and I love writing the clothing descriptions, but I didn't like selling to people. And every time I put an outfit together and I rocked it, people would be like, and that's when we first started our Instagram, because we were, like, against social media, but we knew we had to get out there because we had the store. So when I started rocking the outfits, people were like, yeah, Sam, that's dope. You got a lot of engagement. So I'm looking at it like, yo, you know, people are really feeling how I'm putting these outfits together. So let me keep exploring this. And so that's when I went on. I was right to fashion bomb and I decided to do my own blog and put my own outfits together. I can't can't help but go back a little bit. Are you you telling me that there are some 
lost recordings of Sabia rapping? <laughs> there are some lost recordings of me dancing. For sure. We had a dance group. Like, it was a dance slash rap group. So my mother, she had some VHS recordings at the house that I believe they had a flood in the Monroe some years ago. I don't think the flood took them. But she has them. And I hope that she keeps them buried away somewhere deep that no one can ever find them because I'm I so might have to give your mom a call. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's busy. She's going to be busy until 2025. So don't worry about calling her. So you were... <laughs> So you you were uh, you guys were gonna be the next the, the Destiny's Child. Yo, we thought we were going like our whole goal was to go on video show. Like we were like we're going on video show with Donnie Simpson. Let me tell you how. So there's a throwback, Sherry Carter, Donnie Simpson. Yes, yes. But let me tell you how I manifested that. So we were like, yo, we're going on video show. We're gonna go sit with Donnie Simpson. This is that. Like none of us could really sing. We could kind of rap a little bit, but none of us could really sing. But we were going on video, so that was a whole thing. We would practice every day. So we did not go on video, so, but I ended up working with Donnie Simpson, though, at WPGC in D.C. So it kind of, something kind of came true. <laughs> you met Donnie Simpson. Donnie for a second. Oh, man, every day. And I was actually going to be his assistant, but the pay wasn't good enough for me at that time because, um, it's as you know, D.C. is expensive as hell. But, yeah. yeah me and Donnie were like we vibed for a minute. I when I interned there, so he's a cool person. So you know, you 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 had this uh, love for music as well. So did the yes music videos. Uh, you wanted to be a music video director. The fashion in the music videos that had an influence on 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 your uh, interpretation or, or your the you know the way you related to fashion. Did it not? Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it definitely did. It definitely did. all that plays a role to me in creating the perfect music video. You know. I haven't seen too many music videos these days because I stopped watching them some time ago because it seems like they don't match the song. You know, I don't get it. it it's just nothing. Like, I remember the days when I used to, I couldn't wait to video soul came on. You know, I couldn't wait till 106 The Park came on because the videos actually matched the songs and it was like, it was cool. You know, you really got it. They were small stories. But these days, no. Well, I guess they, you know, there were budgets back then. That's true. <laughs> that of, is true. That not is much true. of a budget nowadays, so that is true. You know how that world works. Um, yes, I do. I really do. <laughs> so, Sam, answer me this: Who are some of your favorite designers? Good question. You know, I've been asked this before, and I really just—I don't have like an act like one favorite designer. Let me think. Hmm. I like Laquan Smith. He's a black designer. I like yeah. his work. Yeah. Um, who else do I like? So when I do go to New York, I haven't been in a second. Um, I think what two years ago was the last time I've gone to Fashion Week. Um, there's there's nobody that I really just have to see, you know. I love I love a good underground designer, some up and coming designers, you know. I I I'm a sucker for that. I'm just not like a big, you know, um, Balenciaga or anything like that. I just like what's dope. You know, I like what's dope. And um, I don't have like a specific designer that I go to. And then after being in that world for a second, actually, the fashion world, I love the fashion, but I don't like the politics of the fashion world. Tell, tell me a bit about I really that. Don't. Tell me a bit about the politics. Yo, it, it is strictly so when I was working for, um, you know, 
fashion mom and I got a chance to go to events, it's really strictly like who are you and who do you know? And if you don't know anybody, if you aren't anybody, they're not trying to even have a conversation with you. And that's just not my type of environment, you know? It's not my type of environment to be in. It's like when we're in L.A., if you they ask you, you know, well, who are you with or who do you know? And if you don't know anybody, you get left in the corner by yourself drinking. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's not my vibe. It's not my vibe. I love the fashion, but I don't love the politics surrounding it. I don't. For those that don't know, can you explain what Fashion Bomb Daily is or, or how, you know, how important, how big it is to the culture? Fashion Bomb Daily is like the number one multicultural online fashion magazine created by Claire. I believe her last name is Somers. And um, she is a beast when it comes to fashion and hustling. You know, um, I admire her work ethic and this fashion bomb, I don't know how long it's been around, but it's been a minute. But she started it from basically nothing, and she's grown it into this popular brand. And um, everyone mostly knows who Fashion Bomb is. I mean, celebrities like to get their pictures posted on the social media, featured on the website. Claire is in- invited to all types of fashion shows and events because she really has her audience attention. And, you know, whatever they say is hot on Fashion Bomb, a lot of people believe it so fashion bomb is definitely like um an essence magazine or jet magazine like online claire has definitely made a, a stamp you know she's made her mark mm-hmm. on the fashion mm-hmm. world it's, it's very interesting and yes. you know she said something um in an interview on the breakfast club where mm-hmm. she said she's not a blogger per se she's a fashion journalist Mm-hmm. Do you consider mm-hmm. yourself a fashion journalist? Yeah. I won't say that I'm a fashion journalist, you know, because um, I don't study it as much as Claire has studied it. She really does research and study fashion, you know, so I won't call myself a fashion journalist. But I haven't done like I've written basically pieces and stories on fashion, but I haven't gone like deep, deep, deep into it. So I won't give myself that title just yet. And then also, I'm not even really big on titles like that, Kristen. I am who I am. I love fashion. I can write about it. I can rock it, you know. But um, I believe if you're going to be up there with Claire, you got to put some a lot of work in, a lot of years in, because respectfully, she has definitely paid her due, and she's still paying them. So, yeah, that's her title. You mentioned that there's stuff you don't like about the industry. What What do you like about what you do for a living? So the thing is, what I do, two things. I am a content creator. So it's one thing I learned at um, Fashion Bomb, social media. So when I came into Fashion Bomb, I wanted to write. But before I could write, I had to do social media. And so working social media for Fashion Bomb is a beast. Therefore, so let me listen to this. So we would have to work. On social media, if I worked on social media Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I would have to work from 8 to 5, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and I would have to post something every 30 minutes from 8 to 5. And you just don't have material sitting around. You had to go hunt this material down to post every 30 minutes. And you just can't post anything. We have sequences. Like, the role has to be, like, together. If we post one fashion pic, we have to post two more. If you post something else you have to post something like it so it was like 
like strategy for real. So I learned how to work through social media through Fashion Bomb. And so now I'm a content creator for another brand, social media. So I do that as well as I write for myself. So my blog, Style and Energy, it's like a public diary. And it's also, it documents my life and my fashion. So um, I go a little, a little bit further than just talking about fashion. Fashion is like the vehicle I use to kind of bring people to my blog to talk about life stuff, you know, so that my readers can see themselves be me and my experiences. So I go a little bit deeper than fashion nowadays, but fashion is definitely still there. So Sam, remind remind us of um, where your work has appeared. Um, so definitely fashion mom for sure. Um, I have it's like I have so it's a, a lot of little publications that I put on my website, and I have to remember them all. But um, I've and you're talking about fashion work, or are you talking about just well my fashion work, period? Yeah, fashion work. Definitely. Um, I've been on um Vans website. I've been on Essence dot com. Of course, like I said, fashion mom. Um, I've been on XO Nicole. I've been on um, VintageMagazine.net. Um, a few other places that I'm not thinking about. Gifted Apparel. This is a, like a really dope uh, apparel company in New York. I've done a lot of work with them. So I've been in a few places. And I'm sure I've been in some places that I don't even know about. Like they have my pictures, you know. So um, I've yet to discover those places. But yeah. Here's an interesting question for you. Mm-hmm. you it, you know, everybody will tell you, and, and I know... People like you and I, we've had this discussion. We're both nerds when it comes to magazines. Mm-hmm. People will tell you that that hard, hard, uh, tangible, you know, print magazines are disappearing, um, uh. and that everything is digital, and it makes no sense to to invest in print, etc. But for some reason, print magazines or fashion magazines are still surviving. Why do you think that is? They are. I believe, I believe they're still surviving because of the art, actually, you know, because think about this. People will tell you that books aren't surviving, but when you have an actual book in your hand that displays some type of art, I, that's, that's priceless. You know, you can sit that on your coffee table because it's decoration, too. You know, fashion is decoration. You can open that magazine up and throw it on your coffee table and it looks good. You see what I'm saying? You can have it sitting up on your on your laptop, but what does that do? But you have it actually in your... It's, it's fashion. You know, it, it's, it's art. And it's definitely... It's decoration. And it's, it's all of that. So I believe it's surviving because of that. You know? Now, because you became a content creator and you had to learn, you know, the ins and outs of the business, was photography one of the things that you picked up? Yep. I definitely, I knew, I know how to shoot. I'm not like the perfect photographer, but I definitely know how to shoot. I have like two cameras. And at one point, I actually, like at one point, I started a small photography business in Baton Rouge. Like I'm definitely a hustler. And I was taking pictures for other people, you know, and getting a little money on the side. And they came out okay. I'm not, like I said, the perfect photographer, but I definitely know the basics, though. What are you? It's really about lighting. Of course, of course. What are your weapons of choice mm-hmm. uh, in terms of camera? Um, I would like um, a Sony, but I don't have it. I've used it before, but I don't have one personally. I just have Canon. I have, no, I have one, so- actually a small Sony, and a, I believe that's a Sony, and a Canon. Definitely a Canon, but I have a small one, a small digital camera that I can just carry around in my purse. 
and um, a Canon that I actually, my brother has that now, but Sony would be my weapon of choice. But I actually had some sessions with this um, popular photographer who shot people like Gordon Parks and everything, and he was saying that it's not even about the camera. He said it's about the lighting. It is about the the lighting. lighting right. Yeah, he said, if you can get the lighting right, then you're good. He said, I can shoot you on my iPhone, but if the lighting is right, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't quite say iPhone, but yeah. No, but the, some, yeah, the iPhone, you know, iPhone, iPhone, yeah, phones are incredible nowadays. I mean, phones are, yeah. I mean, the 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 cameras that they put in these things, you you figure yeah. fifteen years ago, you know how pixelated your phone camera was; it was almost not worth mm-hmm. it. And no, <laughs> it's like people are shooting Lady, for example, Lady Gaga's last uh, music video was shot with cell phones. That's crazy. Now, Sam, let me ask you this question. <laughs> Why is fashion uh-huh. important? Fashion is everywhere, Chris. Fashion is everywhere. If you have the eye for it. And I'm not just talking about clothes. I'm talking about it's in the trees, it's in the sky. You know, it's everywhere. It's decoration. Fashion is like, like your body is a canvas. And what you put on it is the art. That's why it's important. It's a representation of who you are. It doesn't have to be a certain way. It doesn't have to be a certain brand. It just represents who you are. And that's why it's important. What would you say, for example, to like people that think it's so frivolous? Like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, there's a stereotype that if you're into fashion, oh, you know, they're they're not that smart or, you know, they're. They're they're out there. They're they're they're, they're too free, <laughs> you know. What do you say mm-hmm. to those critics? I don't say anything to them because they don't they don't they doesn't deserve a response actually. Because like I just said, fashion is art, definitely. And no matter how simple it is or how complex it is, it's still art. And I can understand them saying that if we're saying that only high end fashion is art, then I don't agree with that. I say fashion is art no matter how simple or complex. A t-shirt and jeans is art. Because a certain person can rock some regular jeans and a t-shirt and it looks like, it looks funky. It looks good. You see what I'm saying? So fashion is a part. Fashion is like painting. Fashion is like writing. It's a creative thing. And it's how a person expresses that creative, you know, side of them. So I don't say anything to those critics. (laughs) Where are some of the places that you've uh, covered fashion events? Um, of course, in New Orleans, where I live now, um, New York, and L.A., and I think those are, and Barbados, Barbados for sure. Those are the main places. Sam, what are some of the obstacles that you faced as a fashion journalist? Hmm, good question. So, I would, I would speak from the fashion influencer side. Um, of course like most things in America, it was not designed for black girls. So we have to basically push our way through to get the opportunities that the white girls are getting, you know, the sponsorships that the white girls are getting or the campaigns that the white girls are getting. And um, if I had to say there was an obstacle, that would be it. But the truth is, Crispin, that I really don't 
trip off of that because I'm not trying to have the campaigns that the white girls are getting. You see what I'm saying? I'm just only really doing me. And with that, the only obstacles I face are the ones that I bring upon myself, like as far as motivation or sometimes lack of creativity or something like that. But or waking up I'm early. out here not trying. To, ooh, that's just one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There was one time that I tried to wake up at 5 o'clock every day and blog first. And it lasted for like two days, but I did it though, you know? So um, maybe one day again I'll do that. But it doesn't look like it anytime soon. Anyway, so the obstacles that I face um, are basically within myself, you know, just evolving and um, growing to the next level because I'm not out here trying to get all the campaigns or make all the money doing this. I really just want to be authentic. That's my only goal is to be truly myself. And um, that's it. That's the, obstacles, the, obstacles of, the obstacles I face basically, you know, coincide with me trying to stay authentic. How does one promote oneself as a fashion blogger or influencer in such a crowded space? Hmm. Guess what I just said? Being true to yourself. Once I really took the road of authenticity, things started opening up for me. Once I started saying, let me just be Sam, things started opening up for me. And the people that were supposed to come and be a part of my tribe and witness my journey, my fashion journey, they came. And the ones that weren't supposed to, they left. So there's like, some people might say, well, yo, I don't want to wear my crazy tennis shoes because they look good to me, but other people might not like them. Yo, there's somebody else out there that digs those crazy tennis shoes. And when you put them on, that gives them permission to rock theirs. And your tribe will come. If you're being authentic, your tribe will come. Representation matters. I wholeheartedly believe in Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe in that. Is there any other advice that you would give to up-and-coming influencers or bloggers? Um, and it might sound redundant, but it's just so true. Staying true to yourself. That's the advice I would give. Do not jump out there and try to talk about what someone else is talking about, trying to wear what somebody else is wearing, because eventually you'll be exposed. You'll be exposed. And not saying you will be exposed by the other person, but you will expose yourself because you're not being true to yourself. You cannot keep up, you know, something that's a facade. You can't keep it up that long. So be true to yourself. Represent yourself and your tribe will come. What about the technical side? You mentioned posting every half an hour. Is there a special formula? Or I know the algorithm changes oh so often with uh, many of these platforms. But do you recommend a, a, a number? What is the number of pictures, per se, that one should post? And how much writing should be under those pictures? And what are the hashtags that are useful? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Posting every 30 minutes, that was strictly for Fashion Bomb because there's millions of followers and you just cannot get by posting one time a day with millions of followers, you know? And actually, Fashion Bomb is like the premier site for fashion, so they have to keep it going, you know what I'm saying? They have to keep it going because people want the fashion. People just don't want it one time a day, so that's for Fashion Bomb. But for someone, for their personal blog, a personal um, Instagram account, you have to kind of gauge your audience, and I will say what I do for with my audience. I usually try to post at least three times a week. Sometimes, depending on how many pictures I can take, I try to post maybe once 
a day. I've never done anything twice a day, but I try to keep my stories going, just just actually keeping myself out there. And I take breaks on the weekend for social media because I need it because I'm not only working for social media for myself, I do it for others. So I need a break on the weekend because you just got to take that time away. But the one thing that I've found besides being consistent, and that's posting at the least three times a week, but besides being consistent and engaging with other people and liking other people's pictures, the one thing that I found that has really helped me, really, really helped me, hashtags. And not just random hashtags that you put like um, love or fashionista or, you know, fashion blogger because your pictures, your pictures will get swamped in those hashtags. There's already like millions and millions of people putting those hashtags under their photos. I'm talking about specific hashtags. They have really helped me. Every time someone reaches out to me to do an interview or to do a campaign, I always ask them the golden question, which everyone should ask when someone reaches out to you. This is a marketing one-on-one thing. How did you find me? And so when I ask them how they found me, they would say a hashtag. And sometimes I'll ask them, do you remember the hashtags? I don't even know what's working so I can keep doing it. So hashtags have really helped me. And people have found me through specific hashtags. And I get specific as like NOLA fashion blogger, like black girls be like, or black girl style. If it has like a million followers under the hashtag, don't use it because you're going to get swamped in there unless you have the fashion bomb numbers or the Beyonce numbers. But be specific with your hashtags. And that's how people find me. That's very, I mean, that's good to know because usually people say, oh, you know, the bigger the hashtag, that's what you should put. It means more people nope. are searching for it. Nope. Nope. You're going to get, like, just think about it. If you put a hashtag, just for instance, Black Lives Matter, you know how many people will not see your photo because you have to have a million followers for it to be at the top. And by the time you put it in there, it's already pushed to the bottom with, you know, your few thousand followers. No one's going to see that. But if you put Black Lives Matter New Orleans, you might have a better chance of getting your photos seen if it's like less than like I say about. I don't do if it's over 60,000 pictures under there. Sometimes I even go less than that. I don't do it because people won't see my photo. If it's a lot of pictures under there, you're going to get swamped. You know, you're going to get buried in all the other pictures. So, Sam, let me ask you this. Recently, Mm -hmm. we've seen the emergence of brands like Fashion Nova. And there's a lot of other brands just like that. Uh, the clothing is affordable. Um, mm-hmm. The clothing is is popular. Do brands mm-hmm. like that hurt the industry in terms of flooding it with this with with similar fashions or styles, or do you see that uh, as or or do those brands help the industry because more people can afford you know what's hip yeah i think they i don't think they hurt them you know i think they do if anything they do help them because everyone cannot afford you know um gucci you know everyone cannot afford off-white jeans you know or something like that everyone can afford that so um you got to give the people what they want and a lot of people want affordable clothes some people don't care about the quality they just want those Technology they can get real quick is going to work for them. So I don't think it's hurting the industry at all because every they have something for everyone. You know, it's just like saying, should we not open up this restaurant over here because it might hurt the industry and it's you know cheaper food? No, the people who want that food will go there. The people who want the other food will go where they're going. So no, it doesn't hurt them. Hmm. 
what are the be- the best platforms for bloggers? I mean, there's a, you know tons of social media platforms out there, mm-hmm. inc- including Pinterest and everybody else. Mm-hmm. For fashion influencers specifically, um, what are the best platforms? I'm learning. I'm learning that the best ones for fashion influencers, in my opinion, from my experience, has been Instagram and Pinterest. And I recently hooked up with a girl who does um, Pinterest accounts, and she took my Pinterest account to the next level. And I've been getting subscribers for my blog and followers on Instagram from Pinterest. Pinterest is like the new Google. Like, if a girl wants to know, what do I wear on a first date? You can type that. You can type first date outfits in the search engine in Pinterest, and it will pull up all the people who actually put an outfit on there and put on their first date outfit ideas. It will pull up all those outfits, and you will get, like, Google ideas on what to wear on a first date. You know, so Pinterest is the, like the Google for fashion people and for people who want to decorate and for people who want to get um, natural skincare regimens and exercise. It's like the new Google. So Pinterest definitely and Instagram. So what's next for Sam? What's what's your next big move? My next big move is to go to sleep. That's it. I don't go any, I try not to go any further than the moment. You know, I don't want to sit up here and say, my next big move is to do this, you know, because I don't know. I do not know what the future holds. I try to stay in the moment. I have goals, but I don't get married to those goals. Because like Andre 3000 said, you could plan a pretty picnic, but you cannot predict the weather. I planned a lot of picnics and it rained on them. And I'm not tripping. I learned. But I just know I try to stay in the moment and I try to attract. I try to attract good to me. You see what I'm saying? I try to plant seeds that will attract good to me. You know? And so it's like I can say my next thing I'm going to be doing this. But I'm putting out some good energy and I'm putting out energy in my you know, my passions and things like that. And I, I just, I really believe that it will, my next thing will come to me. I won't have to chase it. And it, it feels like it already is coming to me. I've got ideas swarming around me, but I, I don't have a like, oh, this is next. I let it come to me. And when it comes to me, you will know about it, Kristen, as I'm going to tell you. All right. All right. All right. But my next big thing is sleep. That's my next big thing. That's what I can tell you for sure that I'm going to do. So can you, can you give us a hint? Okay. Okay. I know you live. I know okay. you live in the moment, but they, okay, I'm, I'm gonna press you a little bit. There must be Go some ahead. ultimate goal. Like at the end of all this, I, Samia Iman, want to be known for blah. What is that blah? I want. Okay, I can say this. What I feel in my spirit right now, I feel like I need to take my blogs uh, and put them in a book that can be here. Years after I'm gone, I want to do like a coffee table book of my blogs and pictures of fashion, you know, because decoration is big. And um, like I said, fashion is decoration. It's the core for sure. And I want to put style and energy in that realm. I want to put that on somebody's coffee table. And I want to not only give fashion guidance, but also give the words of wisdom that I kind of kick out every now and then, you know what I'm saying? In my opinion, that words of wisdom but from what I've been told, they have a lot of people. So I want to put that in a book. I want to do a coffee table book. I, um, I also want to continue with um, writing and reaching people that way. If I reach one person, then I have achieved my goal, you know. 
And I, I'm also big on creating vibes, right? I love to create vibes. I just love to um, put music and people and um, decoration and fashion in one place. And I, I'm thinking about doing something with that. So um, the Samuel Mon yeah, Festival, I'm perhaps. Right no, not a festival. Something you know, I'm not like big. I feel like that. Something just real cool and you know laid back. And something that's just really me, you know? I don't know, but it, it'll come together. <laughs> the New Orleans edition. <laughs> <laughs> we so, shall see. We shall see. So, Sam, this is a part of the interview where I like to say I'll strap on my spacesuit and jump out into the atmosphere. And I leave you okay. alone on planet 30. And the floor is yours to say whatever you want to say to the audience. <laughs> Oh, okay. I would like to say to your audience, number one, read something. You know, open a book and read something. I've grown so much in these last few years because I've just, I've always been an avid reader, but um, I've opened up some books and they've just kind of taken me to another level with thinking and all of that. I also would like to say to your listeners, spend some quiet time with yourself every day if you can. Even if it's just 10 minutes, just spend some quiet time with yourself because that's when you can hear your inner God, you know? And that's when you can just kind of calm down and take in the moment and give yourself that break you need. And I would also like to say, fashion is art. And some people might not remember your name, they might not remember what you said to them. Like my Angela did say, they might remember how you made them feel. I agree with her. But they also might remember what you had on, your shoes, your shirt. So make a statement. Passively. I could not have said that any better. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, can you tell the people how to contact you? What are your socials? What What's your company's socials? You know, your website, uh, lay it all out for us. All right. So my Instagram is Samya Iman, and that's S-A-M-J-A-H-I-M-A-N. And my website is styleandenergy.com, and that's styleandenergy.com. And those are the best ways to get in touch with me. And I would like to say thank you, Kristen, for interviewing me. This was so, so fun. I wish I could do it like every week with you, but I know you got to have other guests or whatever, <laughs> but this was fun. Thank you. It was my absolute pleasure. My longtime friend from film school. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was an absolute honor and a pleasure and continued success. <laughs> Thank you. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. Thank you for listening to this episode of Planet 30. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OnPlanet30. Like us on Facebook.com slash Planet30. Our email address is OnPlanet30 at gmail.com. That's O-N-P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y at gmail.com.
For more information about Planet 30, visit our website, planet30.com. That's P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com.